0: Hey everybody, today I am talking about college athletics. We're talking about rowing. We have five people here today. We've got a student, Jack Carroll. You're a senior, right Jack? A senior in high school? That's right. And where are you headed next fall?
1: Uh, Next fall I will be starting uh, UC Berkeley. I'll be at UC Berkeley as a rower. Congratulations, that is a dream come true I
0: imagine, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, that's exciting. And we have Gabby Shires. Gabby, where where are you a student?
2: I'm a student at Cornell. I'm a first year student, and I'm a coxswain for the lightweight men's rowing team.
0: So, for people who don't know what a coxswain is, will you please explain?
2: Yes. Yeah, so, I am basically the eyes and ears of the boat. Typically eights and fours, and I motivate them, give them ratings, splits, which are just kind of like how hard they're pushing. And um, meters, so like how far they are in a race or at practice, and I basically just motivate them for
0: whatever they're doing. So you have to scream at people. Yes. Right. In other words, right? You have to scream in a nice way.
2: No, not always. Not always. I don't always have to be nice. I, I do get pretty aggressive with them because they need that push. But yes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So that would be interesting, and and. Um, there's we we have so much to talk about, but we'll have to get into what it's like. And and I don't know if it matters that you're a woman who is in charge of a boat full of men, um, if that dynamic ever plays any role. But um, in my absolutely um, right, because you got these 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 athletes who yes. are being bossed around uh, yes. <laughs> by you, willingly bossed around. But you're yes. you're the eyes and ears, and you you are so important uh, when it comes to helping helping steer that boat and, and getting everybody's mind in the right place. It's a huge responsibility. And then yes. and then we have a, a parent of a rower, Kathy Balfanz. Kathy, I'm so grateful you can be here. You're a teacher too, right?
3: Correct. Yes, I am.
0: And and you have a lot of kids.
3: I, I have four of my own kids, yes, if we're not counting those in the classroom. Yes, I have a 19-year-old uh, who is my rower. I have a 15-year-old, a 12-year-old, and a 10-year-old.
0: So you got a lot going on.
3: I do, and- which is why I'm in the car. <laughs>
0: right, which is where you spend probably the majority of your time when you're not in the classroom. And now you have a 19-year-old, so you had to go through the whole recruiting process, right, while still managing your job and also being being a mom, correct? That is that a lot correct. to handle?
3: I was not teaching full-time in a a school at the time. I was homeschooling my two youngest. We were just coming out of the COVID time. Um, So I did have a little more time to help help her, but it it was a lot. That whole process is really daunting.
0: So we'd love to learn more. And I know during this conversation, we're not going to get into everything. You know, it's impossible to get into all the nuances and intricacies. But for other parents who are going through this process, who are thinking, wow, like, my child is a really strong athlete because I think a lot of parents think their kids could go all the way. Like, all the way to me is, like, being a collegiate athlete uh, or or maybe even beyond that. But, like, to understand, like, when do you know your kid is good enough and how hard do you push and how do you get them help to chart a path to be able to get to, where, where does your oldest row?
3: She's at George Washington.
0: Right. So George Washington's, you know, competitive place. by wow, that must be beautiful when she's rowing. Like, does she row and like, where does she row?
3: Yeah, they row right there on the Potomac. So uh, they're, if you follow their Instagram account, it, it is pretty gorgeous.
0: Oh my gosh. Jack, do you have any second thoughts about you know, <laughs> rowing in California versus
1: in D.C. on the Potomac? I don't know. Those California sunrises are pretty nice, but okay, but, um, not looking to trade.
0: Okay. All right. I just wanted to put it out there. Okay. And then what's wonderful is we have Carmen and Fran who are the founders of Reach and Reach is a, describe, Fran, uh, explain to us what Reach is and what your role is. And, and also Carmen, you know, please, the two of you, I'd, I'd love for you to share your role in how you've supported Jack, Kathy, and Gabby during that process of being able to find a college, being able to realize this dream.
4: Yeah, so we founded REACH because we wanted to help other uh, families, other parents, we're parents ourselves. We wanted to help parents and families and students kind of navigate this whole process, which as you said, is pretty convoluted. It's a lot of work. Uh, It takes a lot of time and energy and effort on behalf of the parents to do it well. And so we wanted to be there just kind of to put the guardrails on it and to help families strategize and be efficient with their time. So rather than just, you know, throwing everything to the wind and seeing what happens, we wanted to be really deliberate and targeted in the approach that we take. Um, So we are leveraging the combined 20 years that we've had as D1 rowers and coaches to chart a strategy and walk hand in hand with our students through the process and with their parents through the process so that the families can make an informed decision at the end and, and be in charge of their destiny rather than, you know, just kind of taking what comes um, at the end of a very frustrating time.
0: Yeah, I could imagine. it's there, There's so many different aspects to this. Carmen, so you, you have extensive an extensive background coaching and and being around athletes when it comes to students who are in middle school and in high school like when when does someone start even considering that I could potentially be a collegiate athlete
5: you know that's a great question we tell all of our families start early as early as you can um, and not necessarily in the way you think. You really want to make sure you're educating yourself on, you know, what you can afford, what kind of an academic student you are, what kind of your profile, you know, what you are, what your profile is. Um, the kind of communication that you've had with the programs, with the students on campus, with the team, with the coaches, and then also kind of the vibe. You know, is it to your point, Jack? Sunrises or is it the Potomac where you're going to have to wear some warm clothes? And then you compile that all together to see if that makes the right fit so you really can't start young enough in our opinion um because getting a kid acclimated to this is what a college looks like this is where you're going to be sleeping those things are very hard i think for students to fathom particularly maybe those who went through the pandemic even um that kind of freedom to have i think gabby can probably speak really strongly to that as can kathy That transition, Gabby's going through it actively right now. And Kathy had to help, you know, hold a daughter's hand through it that first year. It's big. So as early as possible, because we want them to educate themselves and get actually comfortable as to Fran's point, making an informed decision versus what is being decided for them.
0: So Gabby, when you were in high school, when did you start to think, I want to be a college athlete?
2: So I actually remember the specific day. Um, I had never actually wanted to, it was not in the plans, um, for a while there. Um, I considered maybe doing lightweight rowing in college, like as an actual rower, cause that's what I did very successfully for a while. But then, um, one of my friends that was on my team came to practice and she was like, she's like, like, I just committed to Alabama for, to like Cox for them. And I looked at her and I was like, Haley, like, you've never, you've never coxed in your life. What are you talking about? And she was like, no, no, you don't understand. Like, they thought that because I was a rower, I have all the knowledge I need in order to be successful as a coxswain. And I remember going home that day and I was like, mom, you won't believe this. Like, I think that I need to find like people that are able to help me to potentially do this in college because. Like she literally was able to become a coxswain and she had never done it before. And it had been like such a dream. I was like, can you imagine like if I was able to like, like do this? So like an Ivy League school, like what if this is like my way in? And, you know, at first it was kind of like all dreams. But then, you know, after we found Carmen and Fran, um, it was it just kind of all came together. And like my life completely just changed. I mean, it was.
5: Um, That was probably one of the best decisions I ever made. Without um, taking over the format, I think, Carlin, you asked, when is it that you realize that you can do this? And I think a lot of rowers don't think that they can because there's a very finite number of schools that people know of. And a big part of what Fran and I do is help remind those students you have options. You do belong. You may not belong quite yet. But these are the things that you can do if you would so choose to go to that next level. This is what you need to do. And if you don't want to do those things, that's okay. There's another program, too. And it's at maybe a different level, or it just looks a little different. Maybe it doesn't have merchandise, but they're still national champions. So there's a lot of different facets of where these people belong. And that's been, I think, the most pleasant part that friend and I have been able to offer is to tell people, you go knock on that door because you do belong.
0: Right, right. And Gabby, what what year in school were you when when your friend said that they were going to be a coxswain?
2: I was a junior
0: in high school. So it's wild. It's kind of late into your, you know, late into your, to your academic world where, where that started. And then Jack, when it comes to your journey as, as a rower, when did you start to think, you know, man, this would be cool to do in college?
1: It was kind of around the, um, the winter of my sophomore year. So I started rowing in the fall of my sophomore year, um, and just, like through the first five or six months you have like no compass of how good you are or you just like it's just how you are on your team. And I was on a small high school team. Um mm. so I had no compass of where I was, and then my coach kind of started to talk to me, um, just based off of like the numbers I was hitting, the weights I was lifting, the boat that I was making, um, on my team. And he just kind of said, Are you considering this and it, I knew that I had goals, um, you know, past college maybe, but I didn't, I hadn't thought about where I kind of wanted to land yet. So it was, it was about the winter of my sophomore year. Yeah.
0: So do you get, when you think that, is it like, man, I could do this, maybe get a scholarship
1: too. And you know, do you, do you get a scholarship for, for rowing? Not at Cal. Um, those are definitely not for the in in-country students, those are usually reserved for, um, guys coming from overseas, uh, just because of the, the tax that's, that's taking on their life. Um, so yeah, that's not, that's not, uh, for me, but I mean, if I, I kinda, it. Right. yeah, you kind of start the process not knowing, um, certain details like that. So yeah, that's kind of where Fran and Carmen came in and clarified some things for me.
0: So Kathy, when did you realize that your daughter could potentially, you know, row in college and and what was that conversation like even, you know, before you found Fran and Carmen?
3: My daughter's uh freshman year in high school, uh someone who was a senior on her col- on her high school team signed with a big college and at that point, you know, we had heard rumblings that it's very possible for female rowers to sign in college and and get scholarships and Uh, So at that point, when we actually saw one of her teammates sign, we started thinking, hmm, you know, this, this might be something for our daughter. Um, But her sophomore year was upended. Uh, They didn't have uh, the rowing season in 2020 spring. And so, so that would have been prime time for her to really jump on that recruiting train. But we were, we got behind the curveball on that with, with her not even being on the water and things like that. So uh, we began looking late, and that's why I ended up turning to Fran and Carmen, is because we needed some last minute help.
0: Right, and then, and I, I know I keep asking about the scholarship piece because I think a lot of people really want to understand that part of of mm-hmm. athletics. Does your did your daughter get a scholarship, or was there any?
3: There is, uh, there are academic, or oh, sorry, there are athletic scholarships available for rowing at George Washington. My daughter. Did not get one because of her late entry. That for her class they'd been given out, um, but she is on an academic scholarship there, and so she is receiving money from George Washington, just not for rowing.
0: Right. So that's interesting to know. And that's where, you know, where where do you start, and and how do you figure out where you where it can be affordable, and and what's the the first move? Now I know Fran and Carmen and your specialists. Are you would you are you IECs, Independent Educational Consultants, is that, is your... We're not I-
5: certified as such. Fran actually has considered being part of that process. I think what's interesting is that we have such a different yet parallel world to the IECs. Yeah. Um, and an educational consultant is a certification process for the listeners that may or may not know. And it's a very well-reputed um, institution at slash, um, uh, what is, job, you know, a, yeah. a industry. Industry is the word I was looking for. Um, So it's something we've considered. But what's been interesting to us is we have such a vast knowledge in our niche, right, in rowing. We know the rowing schools so well that it's almost um, a different world than what the IECs do. It's a different but parallel world. So a lot of overlaps. But no, we're not certified as such.
0: Right. And I was just wondering in terms of just You know, there are some people who will use private consultants to help them through the college admissions process. I think when it comes to someone who's specialized, whether it's athletics or the performing arts or something that's, you know, really unique and niche, it's really important to know where to start. And I think most people have no idea where to start. So what, what I'd love to do, I know this has been about rowing, but more than anything, it's really about if you have an interest in a particular college sport if you think that you have the potential well of course you want to find people who are, could be in your corner who can who can support you but if you can also speak to just generally you know i, I would love to just give someone a broader overview of of you know, when do you start where do you go how do you work through this process can can you share can one of you share with us just how to Enough. how to start
4: Yeah. And I think Carmen had kind of alluded to it earlier. That is kind of the starting point is earlier the better because you're going to start just exploring what college is. So, you know, there's big colleges, there's rural colleges, there's city colleges, there's tiny liberal arts schools. That's kind of the first place. And that's where we normally start with our students. Of course, we have a little bit of a narrower list because We're looking at rowing schools but you know we've talked about scholarships and we've talked about ivy leagues um the scholarships even though there are quite a few of them out there they're usually pretty highly sought after and they're really going to the kids that are just top of the top of the top best gonna make you know olympic boats might be making olympic boats now or maybe foreign students for men and for women and as we said Um, The Ivy Leagues don't offer scholarships. D3 schools don't offer scholarships, but we want to look at the academic and collegiate offerings for all of those schools. So we recommend even ninth graders are just taking a look and exploring things like, what subjects do I like in school? What might be some possible areas of interest for me as a major? Um, Do I like to be cold? Do I like to be warm? Do I like to be in the city? And have you know access to all the offerings that a big city might have, or do I like to have more of a small college town feel? Um, am I going to thrive best in environments where there's a big lecture, or in environments where it's going to be a small group? And from there, we start kind of tailoring a list that matches those things.
0: So, yeah, yeah, please,
4: friend.
5: Well, I think that's the same for any college athlete. To your point, Harlan. Um, is that the shiny, sparkly names are all out there. And to Fran's point, whether or not you're going to get support from a college coach, which means admissions support, or if you're going to get funding, a lot of that has to be part of that process and how far you want to push that process or how much you want to endure. And then ultimately, is that really what you want in the end? right? Is that the right school for you? We've worked with two squash players at this point. Uh, We worked with a prospective lacrosse player. A lot of the students don't recognize you really have to push yourself through that door first and then decide what those options truly are. And if you want to take on maybe a financial burden, Or if you want to take on the obligation of being, you know, at the beck and call of any coach, et cetera. So there are are a lot of things that go into it. But I think for every single student who's looking, getting more comfortable with the idea of college and kind of what you do like and don't like while you're getting to know yourself is really key. Um, I feel like Kathy has so much to offer on this because one of the people that was most informed out of all of our people was Kathy from an educational standpoint. Like Kathy knew the profile of her student extremely well and she didn't have outside help, whereas Gabriella has had more outside help than most of our students. And so it was really interesting to watch Kathy um, be so well-educated and yet have the opaque process just kind of bonking her on the head when it came to the recruitment side. And she really did a great job and yet still wasn't getting where necessarily she wanted to be or the answer she was trying to get. Um, So I don't know, Harlan, if that's exciting for you or if the other students, I see some people nodding in agreement. Um, I do feel like that partial is a big part of your answer.
0: Yeah, well, you know, you know everybody here, and just the the, the way this group got together, these are all people who have worked with Carmen and Fran, and uh, I thought it would be more interesting not just to hear about it, but to really show. You know, I'm a big fan of instead of telling to to really show, and I really appreciate that. And, and Kathy, I would love for you to, you know, if you're if you're speaking to other parents who have gone through this because I know I would imagine many, many talk to you and you probably have a pretty good sense of how you approach this. Um, can you share that? And and can you offer some of those intricacies that that tripped you up, surprised you, some of the hacks?
3: Yeah, well, you know, it, it's, Carmen hit on the head because I had, I had some profiles down for my daughter. I had We had talked and we'd done a lot of research and we had ideas of what might be good fits for her. You know, the tricky part, Harlan, is when you have to combine an academic fit with an athletic fit. That is the hardest thing for athletes who are looking at at continuing on into college because they might fit athletically at one school, but it might not be what they're looking for academically or vice versa. So that, that was tricky for us with my daughter. She had high academic goals, yet... Some of her times that coaches are looking for, as referred to, need to be, you know, at like Olympic times that my daughter wasn't quite to yet. And so that was really tricky. So I did a lot of research on um, what might be a target school for my daughter academically um, as far as looking into, um, you know, acceptance rates and majors and locations. And my daughter had to do a lot of thinking about what she wanted. And then and then you have to look at the athletic piece and go look at those teams and see how they're performing and what those coaches are looking for and what their roster looks like. And then that tricky part is meshing them.
0: Yeah, it seems, it seems like a lot. Did your daughter reach out to the coaches? Like what role did your daughter play versus you playing? And what advice do you have for other parents?
3: Uh, my advice for parents is, is to really just support your child through the process. Um, they don't know a lot, these students. And it's so exciting and overwhelming at the same time. So to offer support is um to maybe create an outline of what they could say to coaches and then let them word that and get that off themselves. Help them create a list, um help them find the resources like I did with Carmen and Fran and bring those experts in because My challenge was as much research as I did, it was still a very opaque process that Carmen and Fran were able to shed light on that I had no idea how to get myself past a certain point.
0: Yeah. And, and, um, Jack, like, did you reach out to coaches and introduce yourself?
1: Yeah. So the way it kind of works, um, I, so you fill out questionnaires basically with all of your data, um. Mm -hmm. So like anything from your height to your GPA, to your times on certain pieces, you fill out the questionnaire and then your email and information goes in the system for that, uh, each college. So you fill out a questionnaire for each college and then, um, you may reach out then to a college, um, you don't aren't guaranteed a response. So they might respond and say, um, have you filled out our questionnaire, which means they just haven't even, uh, checked to s- to see if you're in their system. So, um, there's no guarantee of response and there's no, uh, guarantee of like a continued conversation. So it, I just kind of filled up the questionnaires, followed up with an email and that, and that was kind of before, um, I connected with Fran and Carmen. Um, hey, that's good to know. So like you do that yeah.
0: okay, oh, then where do you find these questionnaires? Are they like on the website? Or are they,
1: yeah. So if you look up like um, cow rowing, they'll have a site um, and somewhere on the site, it'll it'll be like fill out our questionnaire um, or this is just like rec- it'll say recruiting questionnaire and then you go there, fill it out and all your information is in the system. Gotcha.
5: And I,
0: Gabby, I, I that, sir. Gabby, did you also fill out a questionnaire?
5: Yes, I did. Did you,
0: did yeah. you do that on your own or did you do that through...
5: Carmen. Or did Fran and Carmen make you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I actually yes, I started
2: filling out the questionnaires with the help of Carmen and Fran. Um, I didn't even know about the questionnaires really until I met with them. I didn't really know anything, honestly. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So you went into, so you heard that your friend is going to the school and and is is doing something really cool. Then you connected. How did you find Fran and, and Carmen?
2: So. Oh, there's this program called Ready, Set, Row. Um, it's run by um, a woman named Holly, and she um, is very connected in the rowing world. And um, she, we, I had worked with her previously when I was a rower, and we reached out to her and we were like, hey, like, do you know of anyone that can help with the recruiting process for Coxswains? And she was like, yeah, there's this really, um, there's these two women that are like, very like boutique style and like, they'll probably be like a really good fit for you. And um, she gave us the contact and then we reached out and like, that's kind of where everything um, went from.
5: I think the crazy part to Fran and I is every time parents find us and we've realized there's no shortage of need for what we do, whether or not we're a great match for someone, depending on what they're looking for. I mean, some people blatantly just want an admissions call, and that's not something that we do or other people might just want you to call the coach directly and we don't, call them. We really do push the students to advocate for themselves with the help of their parents. But it is interesting how many students, yeah, they really don't understand this process. And I myself was kind of a victim of not understanding the process. I had been contacted by a collegiate coach to possibly play for the University of Pennsylvania. And all I did was apply. I did not understand that that relationship that Jack talks about, Jack visited umpteen number of colleges Mm -hmm. well before anybody else did. And now I would like to put the caveat out there. He's also six foot five and he's right there at that, you know, Olympic potential range erg score. So he had a ton of potential. He didn't just knock on doors that he didn't belong to. Um, But there's just a lot of work that goes into it well before people ever matriculate onto a campus. And um, I think that's what Kathy is saying. Like she did it from the academic side, but not unnecessarily understanding how to navigate that. Um, athletic side was kind of the the exciting part. And yeah. I think that um, if I can just jump in quickly, sorry.
4: Yeah. Um, sorry. I think uh, that our strategy is fit and communication. So fit is the first prong of our strategy where we are working with the student to determine their academic as well as their athletic fit. But the other half is communication. And that's where you get to tell the coach you've determined. That you're a good fit for their university and for their team and then have a dialogue back and forth with them so gabby and um kathy's daughter and jack i mean jack was like bffs with a bunch of collegiate coaches that ultimately he wound up not rowing for but it was a really tough decision because you know he'd had such great conversations with them um about their programs not just athletically but academically so kind of the the um, great part about being an athlete is that it gives you that window into the fit uh, that you have for that university and allow that university to share um, that with you through their athletics department.
0: Yeah. I want to understand what it's like to be an athlete, to actually, like, you do the recruiting process. And Jack, hopefully it's going to be a great experience for you at Cal. And, yeah. um, you know, it sounds like you really know the people, the coaches, uh I think that's really important because where I live is college is hard. Yeah, you know, it's it's really hard. Gabby, how hard is it? Hard. <laughs> right. I mean. right. When you were in high school, when you were a senior, did you think it was going to be like this?
2: Honestly, I think that a part of me did because I think that there's something that there's an aspect of like being in the Ivy League that can be a a little daunting for people, um, specifically myself, because it just kind of the whole idea of it feels so much bigger um, than me. Like it was I mean, I'm still struggling with it, um, but I, I don't think I fully anticipated it. I don't think I really understood how difficult it really can get.
0: So if you were to give yourself like senior you some advice based on your schedule, Because can you just run us through like a typical, maybe a typical three days for you? um, So we understand what that life is like.
2: So I typically wake up at around 5.30 in the morning every day. um, And I wake up, go to practice. We start at around 6.45 and we get off the water at around 8. Uh, We all go to classes. We have the rest of our day. We all meet again at 4.50 in the afternoon, and we do that twice a day, um, usually every day, Yeah, besides Sunday.
0: You get Sunday off? Yes. Um, How do you study? How do you have a social life?
2: So the social life, I am definitely able to handle because I think it's all about what you decide to do, you know, like with your time. Like during the day, like, you know, if you know that you want to, you know, hang out with friends later, you know, get all your work done, focus on the things that you need to focus on during the day, really maximize like that small amount of time you have between practices. So then after practice, I can possibly um, spend some time with my friends. But, you know, I also think that an important part of being an athlete is knowing the, um, the value of sacrifice. And that's something that I've been learning a lot uh, recently. And I speak to my coach about this because I struggle with it sometimes, because I don't want to miss out on anything. But um, it's also very, a very real thing, not just in, you know, rowing, but in life, you know, we have to do things that we don't always want to do. Um, But we have to do it because it's what's going to benefit us in the long run. So, you know, I don't really, I try not to let myself get down about it when I can't, like, you know, maybe go out all the time or, you know, do certain things. But I know it's for a purpose, so
0: that's what helps me. Yeah, it's got to be really hard to yeah to to manage to manage all of that. I I I want to know like the there's always these things that people overlook. You know whether it's the coach, like the coach can be really happy when you're doing your tour and your visit, and then the coach could be a monster when mm-hmm. things are really happening. You know, some of the other rowers are, or the other athletes. You know, we don't. We we don't really know what their their real story is during a short visit. Like, what are some of the hacks that somebody can use that Jack can still use so just oh, yeah. to just be like, okay, like here are some of the things to make sure that I know this is going to be a good fit in terms of the true personalities of the program, the coaches, and the and the athletes.
2: So oh, I'll tell you, I don't think that. Um... I don't think you're ever going to fully know how a coach really acts until you are truly an athlete that is working with them twice a day, every day. Um, I was just very fortunate to have um, my my coaches, my head coach, Tyler Nace, who is a former Olympian. He is probably one of the most positive guys I've ever met in my life. And I love to be around him. Like I can be around him twice a day, every day. And he is just, never sour never yelling like he is just like like this like vibrant light and he like really radiates that to the rest of the team which is what's like such a beautiful thing about it um but honestly i think that you know if you're a student that's you know coming on an official visit what you should really be thinking about is you know how do these guys work together on and off the water it's very important to realize those things because you know The um, people become a different person when they're working, for instance, like when we're on the water or we're on land, you you enter this completely different like persona. And these guys are just like they are so locked in, so focused. And I think that it's important to see how they treat each other on the water and how they are off the water. I think that having a very close knit team is what has helped for us to see, you know, some really successful things, you know, in the works um but i i think that you know when you especially from a like for a student that's like going on an official visit one of the things that uh, they need to realize is your every single move is being watched um i did not know that until i actually was a part of the team and my coach i'd be sitting with my coach and he'd be like yeah you know like i just i want to know what they're all about i want to know what they, what they like to eat, what they like to wear, what they do, what they like, what do they like? I mean, anything. I mean, they want to know every part of you because after you're gone, they all come together and they'll probably like say a little, a few comments here and there like, Hey, like, what'd you think about so-and-so? Or, you know, how did they, like, did you think that they'd be a good fit? Like, you know, it, they talk,
5: they, it's very important about how you act. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that was one of the interesting things that we learned about Jack was how analytical he was and how observant he was. He did a really nice job of not necessarily getting caught up in the sex appeal of the big shiny sparkly schools that were recruiting him because it's hard not to. I will say, I mean, Jack was looking at the fastest schools in the country and the most competitive academically, much like where these other two are, both at GW as well as Cornell. But seeing Jack through the process of being one of the top recruits, um, he was able to be really mature about it. And I'm sure his mom had a big hand in this. Some of the observations that he made and some of the things that he came away with saying which school he wanted to go for, and he made a commitment very early. I think hats off to Jack for being able to be that mature and see that stuff so early on. I mean, this was what, Jack, uh, end of your sophomore year, beginning of your
1: junior year? Yeah,
0: yeah. Can you, can you um, Tell us, Jack, I would love to know like what, what drew you to Cal? Uh, it sounds like you, you, are very confident and I'd love to know exactly.
1: Yeah. So something that, uh, Carmen kind of hit on is that I, I, um, my net was very wide at beginning the process. So I, when I filled out, when I wrote all my original emails, I think I wrote 20 emails to like the top 20 schools from last year's nationals. Um, cause that was just kind of where I wanted to be. And then the fall, so that would have been, I don't know, I started conversations over the summer after my sophomore year and then junior year, I started doing, um, unofficial visits. So I was just going to schools and, uh, they would take me out for a practice, um, like with the coaches. And I think I went to eight or nine, um, of my top. Uh, school so we would take trips to the east coast and i hit like harvard princeton um brown drexel um very wide net and then i actually had cal so that would have been like october um and then i didn't really get down to cal till february i think um so it was significantly later than all my other ones for three or four months um and I went down and I had an absolutely amazing time. My mom came with me. Um, so we got to walk around campus together. I got to go to a couple of practices. Um, the coaches were awesome. Um, and we kind of got home and my parents asked me to like compare schools. And they wanted me to kind of like compare the trips that I had um, on the East Coast versus Cal. I just it just like through the conversations in the following weeks it became like very evident that Cal stood out um that I wanted to be in California in the Bay Area. Um yeah. It it was just it just all became clear right after that that visit down to Cal.
0: Was there like something I wanted to try because I always try to, to give someone something specific. Was it like the way the player I mean the way the, the, the rowers Hung out off the water? Was it like how people welcomed you? Was it a was it a conversation with with a coach? Like was there is there one thing there or, or something that really stands out for you?
1: Yeah. Um the uh competitive nature. So like the contrast between being able to compete um at a super high level against each other in practice and then being able to immediately come off the water and be best friends go to classes together eat breakfast like the the contrast between that is something that I try to have um I'm an extremely competitive person so when I'm when I'm competing it can get intense but like one of my best friends is um my training partner so while we compete in practice um I think that it just kind of like resonated with me because I do that in my own life so that stood out to me at Cal more than, like, um, other schools. Right. So that's great. And
0: then for someone who can't afford to go to all these schools, do the schools ever help pay for that? Is that something, Fran, that, that they offer assistance?
4: Um, They can. There's official visits and unofficial visits. So an official visit is paid for by the, the college. The tricky part is those are usually limited, kind of like the scholarships. They're limited to their really tippy-tippy top recruits. And so it is um, really beneficial for the students to get on campus on their own. So we recommend that any way they can, that they get on those campuses. That said, if you can't make it to a campus, talking with the coaches, talking with athletes on the team, there's tons of online um, options now that students can use. And that's kind of the next best thing, to really get to know what the campus is like and what the team vibe is like. But as Gabby said, it's really hard to understand until you're there, yep. um, especially if you're not able to visit and spend time with them.
0: Kathy, when it comes to supporting your daughter and her first year in college, you know, what's been the most challenging part for you? And you know, if, if she's comfortable with you speaking on her behalf, what do you think has been the most challenging part for her?
3: It is hard to go into college. It's just, it's a change. No matter how many rigorous classes you take in high school, she had taken a lot of AP courses and we felt that she was well-prepared, but then adding the the athletics onto that, those practices twice a day, uh, only one day off per week, it's a lot. So um, luckily where my daughter ended up, it's not too far from us. And she She, I don't think she expected that she would want to come home as often as she did. So that was actually very helpful that we were logistically closed. Um, But we just tried to support her through um, making sure that she was, you know, with her schedule, that she was planning ahead. Now, her freshman year, there was uh, required um, tutoring hours for the athletes um, that she had to do her freshman year. So you know, the college wants you to succeed as well. So they'll put things in place, too, because parents aren't there to help. So so that was something that that was um, required of her that I'm sure isn't rare. Um, but as a parent, I just tried to keep the communication open, tried to talk to her a lot. How is she feeling? How are these classes going? How are practices going? It's a lot mentally, emotionally, physically. Um, and there's strain in in rowing as far as making certain boats and your times, your personal time, and then coming together as a team and getting that, that time you need as a team. Um, and so just keeping that communication open, knowing what specific questions to ask, and then if you can support them logistically with meals, laundry, things like that, that's always helpful.
0: What are three of those specific questions that you ask?
3: I ask, I ask how specific classes are going. So I know her, try and know her course load, try and understand what might be her most challenging academic course. So I'll say, how is, you know, biology going? You know, what projects do you have this week? So try and think very specific because it's really easy for kids of all ages to say, just fine, fine, or, not, you know, just give a very vague answer. So that's one Um Instead of maybe just how was practice? What did you do at practice? Uh, What are your plans for this weekend? Try and keep socially. uh, Make sure that they're they have that sense of belonging because that's so important in college. Making sure that they feel like they can fit in. So making sure that they have their people. Who are you spending your time with? What will you be doing?
0: Right. So I try to. Does she like to talk to you? Like, is she? Does she want to share?
3: She does. She does want to share. Yeah. But I, I have to ask.
5: She doesn't automatically share. I, she'll, what, she'll share when I ask. And that's has neat for us because we're watching these students evolve. We've known them, most of them, since they were at least juniors. And we watch their parents' relationships change. So we don't interface with the students as much, depending on the family. But I can remember a year ago talking Kathy through, OK, this is probably what's going to happen around now because we know kind of the normal pace as former coaches, we know what's going to be hitting. We know when it's going to be kind of a hard cycle or what have you. But listening to Kathy, I would say that's one of the excellent things that she is able to do. She gauges the temperature of her student and then she only delves in the places where like she really knew she could push. She didn't push on the areas that she knew she wasn't going to get anywhere. So in, in fact, she was connecting. With her student and it's like as i'm a parent as fran mentioned she's a parent but we're parent of the generation be you know that's coming so for us to watch these families evolve and how they they set up boundaries but they push certain things and how they're supporting it's been really it's really fun and, and hard and hard don't get me wrong well,
0: i think it's really challenging for students who have close relationships with parents because i imagine you know jack You know, just walking through this process with your family and and Kathy, I'm clearly you're very involved in this process. And and Gabby, uh, you going through this and and I'm sure it seems like parents are really involved. Yes. So. So, you know, how you balance that. And as a parent who then has a kid who goes away, like you're not going to the events, Um, you don't always get a front row seat, I would imagine. Um, So it can be really hard to know that balance. Um, Gabby, I wanted to just touch on this before we wrap up, uh, being on a male team and, and being the coxswain who is shouting orders, you know, telling people what to do, there has to be a level of respect. And you know, hopefully in 2024 or 2023, whatever year it is today, I'm already thinking 2024, hopefully that's just, that's not something, you know, part of me doesn't even want to ask the question because to ask the question, then highlight something that might not even be a question so i don't want to i don't want to offend you even with the question no okay no not at all not at all
2: there's um there's honestly that is the that is the reality of it whether we would like to believe so or not um it is i have learned that it really does take a special person to be able to step into that um to an all men team and make it work. Um, I am trying to be that person and it is, it's hard. Um, it's not to say that it's always, you know, uh, an obstacle, but um, it can it, it can be a little difficult. You know, like it can be intimidating for me, um, you know, like walking into practice every day and just being amongst only guys, like mostly only guys all the time. And but I've gotten used to it, and I think that um, they really do. Um, you really do have to build um, a trust with them, and you have to really earn your respect. I think that um, that a lot of them, for the most part, do a really good job about you know listening to me and you know being collaborative and working together. Yeah. I have had my moments where it's been a little difficult, and I have had to kind of put my foot down and say like, Hey, like I, I have to be respected right now in this moment and you guys need to do your job. I need to do my job. And it kind of comes down to keeping it very professional. And, you know, these guys are like, are, I mean, I feel like they're near professional athletes with, you know, the way that they practice and, you know, the way that it all like works out for them. And, you know, they, it's their job as well to make sure that they are treating their teammates with respect. You know, and me being a girl doesn't have to change that.
0: Is it is it normal for girls to be, for women to be coxswains on men's teams?
2: Yeah, it, it happens a lot.
4: Okay. And I, I think what Gabby's not also telling you, or maybe what you don't know, is that um, coxswains are really small. So they're kind of like the horse and yeah. They're supposed to be very small. So she is not just a woman, you know, in charge of these, very athletic um, men, but they're also big men and they're much bigger than she is. So, you know, it can be very intimidating, but what's been nice about um, all of these students that are here or or here represented is they really do have very strong character and work ethic and dedication and a love for the sport. And that's what's been able to carry them through, I think, some of these challenging times.
0: I have two, two more questions. One is, um, I want to know if somebody is a rower, if they're on a particular sport. Does that help you when it comes to getting a spot at some of these highly selective schools? Is that does, does that increase your chances? Um, because 100%, I think one
5: hundred percent, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And there's a saying in California: admissions is your scholarship. So don't expect one. The Cal yeah. schools know that one hundred percent. Admissions is your scholarship. So if you are being recruited by a coach and you're upset that you're not getting funding. Um, you know, okay, there's a million other people that are ready to take your spot. Um, and a lot of times in the Ivy League as well. But, you know, let's face it, these are very, very far and few between spots that these student athletes are taking up. So they do very much appreciate it. It's been interesting to watch them. They all know it's a coveted seat, and they're all vying for the, the same one. These are excellent top-notch students with families that have, you know, an excellent exig- excellent, exig- exig- excellent educational background themselves. Um, so, Yeah, they know. And uh, go ahead, Frank. Yeah,
4: I think um, a misconception is that these students are not qualified in getting in. And that's, I think, maybe the the elephant in the room that needs to be addressed is that these coaches are the first line of admissions. So Jack, Gabby, um, Emma, they were all highly qualified students. And that was part of why we directed them towards the programs that we did knowing that they were going to be admissible and that they were going to be able to handle the caliber of academics that they'd be expected to do at that university. So, you know, it's not that these are students that are getting in because they're unqualified. It is another chink in the armor that they need to get into that university. It's it's another extracurricular that shows things like their work ethic, their dedication, their willingness to learn, their willingness to grow and be challenged, et cetera. So it is right. just one more thing for admissions to look at.
0: So whether you're you're a rower, you're a fencer, you play squash, you are have a particular sport or niche, uh, really exploring, is this an opportunity for me to be able to participate in something and, and get access? And talking to someone like Fran or Carmen, talking to a senior, who's going to a particular school, like seniors, if you're a freshman or sophomore, like those seniors are so important because they've been there and done it. Also talking to someone like Gabby, who's, this is your, your this is your first year, right? Gabby, you're a freshman yes. and and you're, you're a coxswain on a boat with not just freshmen, right? Like you're, yes. you, like you're, you're, you've got seniors and juniors and sophomores. Yes. Like that's wild. Like people yeah. want to understand that can can people reach out to you? You'll we'll include your info in the show notes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, of course. That's great. And then and then Jack, um, I want you to just give one tip. If there's someone who's like a freshman or sophomore and they're like, whoa, like this rowing thing, like I might actually be good. What's what's your nugget, man? What's that one piece of information that they need to know?
1: Um yourself in a position where you'll be able to do it for a long time and you're going to be able to enjoy it like um you don't want to be oh shoot i could row in college and now i've got to push really hard to be rowing in college and i'm burnt out after two months like your your process is your process um and if you are dedicated and you are committed to it and you follow your track like it will fit into a school somewhere and you will enjoy going to that school yeah um so do it your way that um where you can ensure that you're gonna be able to want to do it after two months like i i i i do 11 sessions a week in high school and five or six of those are alone um and that may be different from somebody else's process but that's just kind of what i figured out um, works for me. So, do it, you
0: know. right. Do it. Cause you love doing it. Exactly. And, and you could see it yourself t- continuing to enjoy doing it. How much do you eat
1: a day? I'm, I'm shooting for 5,000 calories a day. I don't know if I always hit it, but, um, 5,000 calories, 200 and something grams of protein. Um, are you, are you, yeah. like, okay, I'm going to spread out, it um, out. Are you drinking a lot of like, like shakes, protein shakes and um. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, a lot of shakes, shakes, a lot of protein shakes, a lot of recovery shakes. Um. You're a big shake guy. I'm a big shake guy. I carry a shake to school, to practice. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Great. Kathy, what advice do you have? If you could give one gem, one tip to other parents who are helping their children through this process, what would that be?
3: Uh, well, it's going to end up sounding like two. Start early and do your research. Okay, you just you just need to know what you're in for.
0: Sounds ominous.
3: <laughs> it is. It, it does is ominous. It does <laughs> sound <laughs> ominous. I I have a 15 year old beginning this because she's a sophomore and she's an athlete and she's beginning this process and I can. It's a different process for me because my eyes are wide open now. And I know a little more, but um, talk to other parents.
0: I feel like you're. Research. I think like there's something. I'd sorry to talk over you, but I feel like there's something that you're, you know, like you have so much wisdom, and I feel like you're holding back on like some of the. You probably need to because you're going through the recruiting process again, so you can't be too loose in in terms of. She what. needs
5: her own podcast. She needs her own session on this. I think is what it comes down to. She's got so much wrapped in there.
0: Okay, red flag. Is there? Give, give me one red flag
3: uh just on this whole process yeah it it is opaque so you're gonna get responses from coaches and you're not gonna know what it means are they really interested how interested are they um can we get excited about this or not it's hard to know and so that's probably the biggest red flag is that you're going your child's going to send out emails to coaches they're going to get responses they're going to be asked to meet they're going to be asked to do um web web calls you know conference calls uh, because there's a place for everyone, right? Because there's D1, D2, D3. So if your child wants to do it, they can find a place. Um, the biggest red flag is really knowing how interested that coach is. Do they mean when they, they're going to support you through the admissions process? How much weight does that really pull with yeah. admissions? And and the I've listened, you know, I'm a big fan of your podcast and the admissions process and college It's it's all hard. And so, um, you really don't know. You might be a great fit for the school, but you don't know if you're going to get in or not. You don't know if that coach truly is going to have a lot of sway, give a lot of pull for you. It's it's vague. And so mm-hmm. reach out to a lot of schools and, you know, pursue what you think will be the best fit for your child and really help your child find that best fit.
0: Yeah. I was going to say options. You know, options equal power. Yeah. And not, yes, options and mm-hmm. not allowing the pendulum to swing one way too far because it yeah it's a, it sounds like you get the runaround.
3: Uh, you get like the runaround. Around.
4: Yeah, and I think fully vetting those options too. Like you know, there are options, and then there are well thought out targeted options. And, and you know, you can't just throw things to the wind and see what happens. You have to be deliberate about how you approach the process and be deliberate about how you're advocating for yourself to get the answers that you need to make good decisions.
5: Not just the ones that you want to hear, because that is really fun to hear what you think. But if you were to really peel it back and say, am I really the top 4% of this country? Because that's who gets into this school. No, if you're not really the top 4%, then probably those chances aren't what they appear to be. And that coach may be playing, you know, many options.
0: Right.
3: Yeah, I wish I could say there was one. I wish I could give one nugget of amazing information. But I think that that's it, right? Cast your net wide. Do a lot of research so that when you start to get some bites, you'll know whether that's a good fit for your child or not.
0: Yeah, I I thought that was great. I mean, I think what you said is really important. And I think just not getting too excited and knowing that everybody is taking care of themselves. And yeah, you you are not the number one priority as much as we want to think that. Yeah, uh, the number one priority is to fill my team and make sure I have the best people on it. And yeah. uh, you're you're just part one part of that. Uh, right. Gabby so
4: the coach has has that responsibility to the rest of the team. You know right. the, the Gabby's coach now has the responsibility to Gabby to make sure that they recruit good people to be around her.
0: Yeah, I mean it's a it's it's uh you just have to look look through this through a very realistic. Uh, I like to say information is not emotional. Yeah. Uh, and it, we make it emotional yeah, in this recruiting process. It, it has to be about data. You know, it's data, yeah. da, data, data. Um, Gabby, as a first year student, if you could go back in time and give senior year Gabby one bit of advice and, and if it could be something, you know, very specific to a time where you were just really struggling or a time where you looked in the mirror and said, why am I doing this? Or a time where you you said, the sacrifices. I don't know if it's too much for me. You know, if I want to do this, um, and if you stop, do you get to stay at Cornell? Like yes. if you, okay. I just want yes. to make sure. Right. So if it is yes. too much, you still get to. It's not like they're like goodbye. Okay. No. <laughs> right. So, um, so Gabby, I gave you enough time to hopefully think of something. I, I kind of stalled a little bit. Yeah. Pro- time to process. So, what is that thing that you would tell you specifically?
2: Honestly. Um... I feel like it's it's going to sound kind of like typical, but uh, really stay true to yourself. If there's one thing that I could go back and say, it would be, you know, know what your reasons are and remember those reasons, because that's what's going to get you through at the end of the day. You know, I have some really hard practices sometimes and just some hard days in general here. And it puts a lot into perspective. And I do think about what I would tell myself if I could go back and I think that it's important to recognize that you know in high school i put in and not just in high school my whole life i dedicated myself and you know this is all i ever dreamed of really this is the high point for me i mean uh this this was worked for this is not you know i i tell myself i can't be having any imposter syndrome like this is earned because i did this and um, if I like really like if I could just go back, I would make sure that I knew for certain. Like you know what, you deserve this. Like don't don't sit here and doubt it. You know you worked for this. This was all you. This was no one else. You yeah. put in the hours. You put in the time. Like you're the, you're here not because of any like coincidence. You don't yeah. just land a spot at an amazing college like Cornell or like Caltech because of a coincidence. No no this is calculated. This is hard work that, you know, life's work put into it. So um, you need to stay true to you, really.
0: Yeah. It's easy to doubt yourself when you're in a new place surrounded by new People going through some, yeah. all, all the stress and especially, you know, we're recording this in November and this is a brutal time. Like, uh, yeah. I'm, getting, I'm getting so many messages from so many people who are breaking because you can't pretend everything's OK for more than like maybe eight weeks, 10 weeks. Yeah. It's, <laughs> like, it's like that eventually you're like, oh, this is hard. So hopefully you yeah. have people to talk to. Do you get people to talk yes. to, Yes.
2: Yes. So um, when you're a student athlete, they have uh, student athlete services here at Cornell where they have you know advisors that can help you, um, therapists that they can get you in contact with. They're very, very big on mental health for athletes, which is very nice because um, I think that that can be overlooked a lot of the time. And um, so, yeah, really important to make sure that you're at a university. That uh, prioritizes that,
0: huge, huge. Uh, Carmen and Fran. So I want to leave the last words for you. Um, just in terms of what does a family need to think about? Some, some, you know, golden advice, and you know, maybe just one or two things at most. But when they're going through this process, what what do they need to keep in mind that would help them the most to be balanced and steady as they navigate? If
5: I, I'll say the first, and I feel like Fran often has like the nugget that kind of wraps it up. But I think what Gabby just said is like, you know, who are you at your core is really, really important because we do work with students who want some pretty lofty goals and they're admirable goals but are they going to actually make a difference in what your life's trajectory is? Do you need to always have such a strong, high goal to get where you're going? Um, Because knowing who you are and what you actually like and what you find pleasure in and the kind of striking that balance of where you need to be versus where you think other people think you're supposed to be, which are very different worlds. And I think it's hard because there's a lot of noise. But I think remembering who you are, what you want, and what your goal is, is really, really key. Parents oftentimes are looking at Joneses, and that's hard. And so are the students. But I think what Gabriella's is probably finding is, you know, once you're there, it doesn't none of that matters. All of a sudden it's you. You have to go to class. You have to manage your time. Mm-hmm. You have to put in that work, but it's still it's just, you know, there's nothing else around it. Brand?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, my final thoughts would just kind of be a summation of what everybody said. You know, Jack said you need to love what you do. And that's kind of what Gabriella is saying, too, is remember what you love to do and remember all the work that got you there. Um, But in terms of just general tips, I would say you're going to need to ask a lot of questions and be discerning and you're going to need to advocate for yourself. You're going to need to put your foot in the door and you're going to need to see what what's on the other side of it Um, and that you shouldn't be afraid to advocate for yourself. If you've identified that you fit there and that's the right place for you, that college, that team is the right place, then don't be afraid to put yourself in a position to be there. Um, you know, don't take no for an answer if if you've determined that the answer is yes,
0: and we could apply this not just to rowing but to any sport, any collegiate athlete who's looking for that fit and i and I just I like the what you are mentioning about the the goals. I like everything we've talked about, but the idea that that you measure yourself based on these very lofty goals mm-hmm. and they they might be uh, exciting lofty goals, but if you're going to a, a d one school and and you don't have a love of what you're doing, and and it's eighty percent of your time or ninety percent of your time. You know, if you love to row, then then row at a D three school or or participate yep. in athletics because it's the community aspect and all the other, and all the other team, uh, the the value of being part of a group that that really helps to serve. Um, you're yeah. also wonderful. I like to encourage everyone to reach out to people. It's about people, places, patients. As we do this podcast, it's just trying to highlight different, different paths and different people. So for all of you, if uh, anybody has any questions, are you, are you all comfortable with, with people reaching out to you? We'll we'll include your social media and and ways to connect because I think sometimes people get really intimidated. And uh, I know that uh, Fran and Carmen, if, if you can't serve somebody in a particular athlete, a particular sport, um, I'm sure, you know, lots of other people as well. Is that correct?
5: Yeah, absolutely. We love that you offer, you know, a sliding scale, so to speak, because you want to make sure that you're accessible, Harlan. And we have done that for our people as well. And we do say to them, if we can't help you, if we don't feel like we can fit you, we're happy to talk, have you talk to someone who we feel like might be a better fit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, we're all in your corner. And did anyone else have anything else to say before, before, uh, we wrap? Uh, I am just so grateful for your time and thanks for putting all this, uh, Thanks for putting everybody together, and thanks for taking time out of your busy days because clearly you all care and you want other people to be successful, right? Gabby, you want everyone yes. to be successful, that, right? Yes. That's what you do, right? Mm-hmm. Is there a, like a particular chant just to end it with like one thing? Like, what's your favorite thing? You get a megaphone, right? Yeah. Use a megaphone. A
2: headset. Well, <laughs> a headset.
0: So okay, a headset. Something like that. But what's one speaker. of What's one of your favorite motivational sayings that we can end this with?
2: um actually there's this new phrase that um that the boys in my boat have been liking uh we had a sports psychologist come in the other day um but basically to sum it up the phrase is row to the roar and basically it is um it kind of means so in for how lions work is the oldest female lion has like the scariest like loudest growl and she doesn't do the work she just she just tries to act all scary to scare the animals. And then the ones that actually pounce are the ones that, um, that are like further away, you know, like while the animals are running, you know, the female lion gets their attention and then all the animals start running toward the female lion or away from it rather. But they don't realize that it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like they don't know where it's coming, running from. into the danger or so, yeah. running into it. And, um, basically it's road to the roar meaning like you know like forget the consequences forget you know everything else that you know all the other factors forget harvard princeton yale dartmouth all those people no, no no like row into it like you have to completely go for it fully and you know you have to take it all of it so that's what they've really been like to hear lately i like
0: i love it i love it thank you thank you everybody thank you for being here and we can all row into the roar, and yes. and go go into the go into the fire as opposed to running the other way, um, because that's how you yeah. get better, and it's how, it's how you win. So it's great. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. sharing, and I'm yeah. grateful for all of you to be here. Thanks, everybody. And I hope you. Thank
3: all. you. And,
0: uh, Thank and you so much. You know where to Bye. find. one. Thanks, everybody.
4: Bye.